Welcome to the Woo Woo Woman podcast. My name is Shelly and I'm your host. I'm a self-taught astrologer, modern mystic, yogic guide, and women's empowerment coach living in the South Florida area. This podcast was created with the intention to share the tools, people, and modalities that have continued to help me shift and heal to up-level my life in efforts to inspire and encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for being with me. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening in. I am currently waking up um, with so much gratitude in my heart, and the sun is rising, and Emmett is up, and we are outside, and it's a beautiful day this Sunday, and I, that's him coughing, I don't typically do intros just because I'm kind of one of those people and I'm sure you are too that just likes to get to the point but I do want to share um, a little bit prior to jumping into this podcast with the almost 30 girls Lindsay and Krista. I started this podcast uh, in 2019, 2020, March, I forget which one, I think it's 2019 and it was really intended to be a bit of therapy and sharing and at the time I was like maybe I'll get you know guest speakers maybe I won't I'm just gonna do it and to have these girls on this podcast is just a dream come true because they have been such an integral part of my growth and their podcast has been such an integral part of my growth and to have them on was you know a little bit surreal but at the very same time it was almost like the universe saying like girl like you got this and I'm sharing this not to kind of boast on the fact that you know um, it happened but more so to encourage you to just step into what you're being called to do and trust that every little piece along the way is going to fit in and again the the mere fact of just starting really gives the universe the opportunity to extend a hand right and to guide you and to show you that what you are doing is valid that what you are doing is valuable and I think for so many um you know, men and women, whether you're, you know, a man or a woman listening in, is that we underestimate what we have to share. We underestimate the skills. We underestimate our story. We don't think anyone's going to listen. We don't think anyone's going to care. And then that becomes the driving force for why we do things. And I really think there needs to be a bit of a paradigm shift where we begin to do things because we are doing them for ourselves. And through doing things for ourselves, we in turn help others in ways that we may not fully understand. And if you're tuning into this podcast and you're new here, I'm so grateful that you're here. If you're, um, you know, an almost 30 fan, I'm so grateful that you're here. And if you've been here for a very long time, you've been able to kind of grow with me, which I fucking love, by the way. And that is what it's about, right? It's about the progressive journey, not the fact like, oh, I need to start a podcast and I have to have guests. No. Why are you starting that podcast, right? Like, what is what is at the foundation of what you want to share and what you want to put out into the world. So I wanted to kind of give that little tidbit because I was probably a little nervous um, in this podcast just because Lindsay and Krista, of course, it's almost like kind of like a celebrity to me just because I've been listening to them for almost six years um, during like my Saturn return and they've really spoken to my heart on so many different levels through their podcast and I'm hopeful that this podcast will do the same for you and if you don't know who they are I highly suggest that you tune into their podcast and connect with them um, because they really truly are beautiful souls 
and souls that are really here and placed on this planet to really elevate and yeah without further ado let's dive into this pod thanks for being here Hello, welcome back to the pod. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm so stoked to have two of these amazing individuals and chatting up a storm tonight. I have Miss Lindsay and Krista from the Almost 30 podcast and geeking out over here that I'm actually sitting in front of y'all and we're having this conversation. So thank you so much for making the time to be here. I'm excited to see how this all unfolds and how we can impact the listeners listening in. We're excited. Thank you for having us. And yeah, this is going to be beautiful. We've already sort of dug into some of our favorite topics, so it's going to be great. We're really grateful to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So prior to recording, we were talking about darkness and I was touching with the fact that I've been doing my work a little bit more with understanding my black moon Lilith in my natal chart and how that brings up shadow work and how that brings in the idea of bringing back these polarities of self that oftentimes you can sometimes ignore or deny or almost kind of like hang out in our blind spot until something happens in our lives, whether it be a trigger, a circumstance, or an experience that kind of brings things back up to the surface. And I know myself, I'm sure everyone has related to having some sort of experience to that extent. And we're going to be chatting about how this deep, dark areas of who we are can really be a transformational session and growth process for that whole entire part of being who we are intended to be. Yeah. I think people, when they think about shadow work, or they think about even, you know, the aspects of the black moon Lilith, or they think about darkness, or they think about, um, you know, going into that process, it can be sort of like fetishized and people can see, you know, okay, I've got to do shadow work. I've got to do these things, but shadow work is actually just finding more opportunities to love yourself and finding more opportunities for self-acceptance. And even finding out astrology or black moon Lilith is really just, how can we see this as a way to love ourselves more? And how can we see this as a point of understanding ourselves more? And I just got out of a process of um, something called a darkness retreat, which is, um, three days, four nights in complete darkness in the middle of nowhere with no other people, no caffeine, no technology, you know, just me in this like cave like room. And the reason why I did it was because I'm normally scared of the dark. Um, and that means both literally being scared of the dark. Like I sleep with a light on and yeah, I just am scared of the dark. And then figuratively me being scared of the depth of my emotions and the depth of my being and all the pain and grief that I hold in my body and in my cells and all the trauma that I hold. Um, and I really realized how much was there and how much of myself I avoided and how much of my pain I avoided and how much I prioritized feelings of joy and happiness and pleasure because it feels so good to have those feelings. Um, and really that as much as I'm unable to meet myself in my own pain and grief and sadness, that I won't be able to meet others and the people that I love and their pain and grief and sadness, because I'm not able to meet myself there. So I think that there's so much learning to be done in the darkness and in the shadows. For sure. I do the, have you ever done the depth, the sensory deprivation tanks? I hate them. Do you? Oh <laughs> yeah. I, it just, you get like in your ears, you get the salt water in your ears and you're just like, you oh my God, like a- they look like coffins. So like the first time yes. I did it, I closed myself in. I was like, oh, is a snake going to come out and like get me? And like, it's so true. Like I can only, how many days, four days you said? Four nights, three days. And like complete darkness the entire time or can't like. Even, can't even see your hand. Complete darkness the entire time. Wow. Like. Yeah. At least for me, like mentally, I think that since I know that there's an end, I can, I can like muster it up, but there are a lot of layers of emotion. So I can only imagine like the extent of what you processed over that course period, period of time. Can you like share a little bit about what came up for you? Yeah, it was really interesting because it was almost like, you know, over the three days, there were such different experiences. So the first day was like anxiety and fear and anger. Like I was just like, why am I here? This is so incredibly uncomfortable and painful. 
I was like, why do I have to learn in pain? Why do I have to do this to myself? Why can't I learn through joy? Why can't I learn through beauty? Why can't I learn through pleasure? What am I doing here? And I really was having a really hard time. But in that, um, I was learning to just settle my nervous system and really get in the body. And I think a lot of it was how much I realized um, the body relationship was really important. So during that process on the first day, I was doing a lot of body work. I was foam rolling, you know, it's in pitch black, but you can sort of figure it out. Um, I was doing yoga and opening my body up to eventually on the second day, relax a lot more. The second day I found to be really peaceful. Um, I sort of was just like cruising around my room or in the bath or resting. Um, and the third day was really, I had like the biggest release, the biggest, you know, emotional moments, the most rage, the most grief. And it was this cycle of feeling a feeling, whether it was anger, rage, frustration, grief, you know, sadness, and then, um, giving myself relief by having soup or by eating something or taking a bath or doing body work and then allowing the process to start again. So it was a variety of emotions and feelings and a variety of expressions through the entire process. But I think it really actually just opened up something for me that is, has so much more. And I would have thought that at the end of that time, I'm like, oh, there's going to be nothing else there. I'm going to have cried it all out or felt it all or experienced it all. But I feel like it kind of was like an appetizer. I feel like now I realize how much there is there and how um, much there is to feel. And this is something, you know, for the listeners, it's could be just my constitution. You know, I'm someone who's an empath. I'm intuitive. I'm a Pisces. I'm a feeler. It's sort of in my nature. Um, but it also could be, um, something that, um, made sense for me to sort of go in this process of feeling because I've been someone that has maybe avoided feeling in my life. So maybe someone wouldn't have as deep of an experience, um, negatively, like, or sadness wise in the dark, you could have had a really beautiful experience, but for me, it was a lot of feelings that I had been repressing. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that, and this is my own personal take on anger. I feel like anger is like repressed sadness. That's like yeah. festered. And like, I'm dealing with a lot of rage now. And I'm like, I need to like get into my rage and just scream, belt it out, get tribal because, and of course I'm like, Mars, Mars retrogrades. So maybe it's astrology, right? I always bring it back to that, but it's like, there's something inside of me that it's like ancestral connections as well. Like my mom was, you know, came from Cuba and all of that, you know, all of those layers, all of that lack and just like trying to process the emotions of what I'm feeling. And at the very same time, kind of unsure of where it's stemming from, just knowing that there are certain triggers that bring it up. And my, my, second son, he's one now, he opens the front door. I literally this morning, I was on the shitter taking a shit. The door, I hear the door unlock and the door open, the dog bolts, he's outside. I'm walking out with my pants and my ankles. And I was like, like, I can't take this, right? It's like, where is this coming from? Because it wasn't there to that extent. And I know that he, in, in my, like in my intuition and in my body, I feel like I was avoiding a type of rage that up until having him, I could ignore, but having him has brought it for, like in front of my face. Mm -hmm. And like, they say that the, a woman's anger comes from the uterus, which is like where the baby is like incubating, you know? So it's really interesting to like, hear you tap into those emotions because I can only imagine the process and the layers that end up coming off. And then of course, like once you're there, you're like, there's, there's more than what I even thought was possible. Yeah. I think for rage and, uh, rage. And I definitely believe that rage is sort of when I have anger and frustration and I don't express it, it turns to depression for me. And so I have to be mindful of that. And it was interesting because when I did have moments of rage or anger, it's like, my thought was that I would destroy the whole room. Like I was like, I'm going to go insane and destroy the whole room. And you know, just bash my head against a wall, but it just becomes something where I would have that experience and be in the bed and just be hitting a pillow or screaming or just sort of in that. And actually, I don't know how I can't trace back my feelings of anger or rage in the dark to anything in my life, to any experience or feeling. 
And it was almost like my brain wouldn't let me access that. It wouldn't let me access the point of where that came from. But my sadness, I could very well trace back to what it was or who it was or what the situation was. So it was interesting, like as a woman, I don't know what that was, if it was just cellular um, and finally a place in space where I could feel it. But I could imagine as a mom, I mean, you know, children are so activating and they have their own specific medicine. And it's like, how is this? child going to be that medicine for you. That's really going to bring up these feelings and emotions and allow you to, you know, teach them how you freely express anger or you freely express all these things that you have. Yeah. And I think collectively what came to mind as you were speaking was like the rage that the feminine is having collectively right right now too, you know, and like, as a part of the whole, like our nervous system is picking up and we're almost, you know, I don't know what the word is. It's passing me right now, but we're, we're almost in efforts helping the situation, even though we don't necessarily know where it's coming from. We're kind of like the volunteer, like I volunteers tribute is like what comes to mind, right? It's like, because we can, because we're in the space where we have the ability to do that. We're also not only doing it with our, like for ourselves and what's coming up for us individually, but like on a collective standpoint as well, it's like, I'm doing it for me and everyone else, you know, and the anger within the collective feminine. Yeah. It's alchemizing, you know, you're alchemizing a lot for yourself, for the next generation, for, you know, the collective. So how can we find that sacred rage and allow those feelings and experiences? Cause for so many of us, if you are mad, if you are angry, it is seen as bad or shameful Or, you know, for a lot of women, they don't allow themselves to feel those feelings. So it just turns into um, repression of the voice, you know, repression of sexuality, repression of these experiences. And a lot of times it can turn into sickness. So I think it is really important for us to reclaim that rage and that anger that we do have and use it as a way to guide us toward a better future because it helps us create new things. Absolutely. And the shadow that like can sometimes the shadow and the shaming. I remember like my mom was like, you're so, you, why are you so angry? You shouldn't act out. You shouldn't be so angry. Yeah. And we were given these emotions. Like, why is it okay to express certain, like certain emotions and socially acceptable express cer- certain emotions. But when you, when you hit an emotional standpoint that people can't deal with is really what it is. It's like, okay, like, why are you like that? Why are you acting mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. I think back in the high school, and I'm sure Lindsay had experiences around this too, or Lindsay was more of a good, she was a sweetie. She was a good, oh. good girl. <laughs> I said, so me as like the rebel and kind of set, like very emotional and kind of didn't know where to put it. I wish I would have had an understanding that I wasn't <clears throat> those feelings. I wasn't those emotions. It was something that was passing through me. But when you're at that age, you know, your parents identify you with that feeling where they're like, you're angry, you're crazy, you're all of these things, but you're actually just having hormonal responses and awakening responses to things that are unjust or things that feel off for you. And it's like your first time to really express your no, express your boundaries, express who you are. And so it comes off to from a collective perspective as bad or as scary or as all these things. But I think for a lot of women, we had that experience where our mothers were like, this does not feel safe. This does not feel okay. The, whatever emotion she's feeling, do not feel like, you know, they don't make me comfortable and I need to feel comfortable. And we often forget that, you know, we are carrying the grief and the spectrum of emotion of our mothers, of our mother's mother. Um, because it is like, we're basically in our grandmother's womb. And so if we're thinking about it from that perspective, like, you know, that is, that is trauma that we've taken on, on a cellular level, that is grief, that is sadness, that is anger. And, um, yeah, it's sometimes hard to identify where these things come from. And I think, you know, the more we normalize the expression of these, like, Uh, more intense emotions and you know hopefully on the masculine end be like have the masculine hold that and have examples of that and have that be a part of the conversation too I think we're going to find more of a balance rather than the need 
to just fucking tear shit down. It's like being able to express, be held, be seen, and really invoke like a very real change. Because I think some of the sadness and like the anger is from like the fact that, you know, the feminine, we we are innate nurturers. And if we're thinking about being a part of the greater whole of like the feminine of the earth, like the fact that so many aspects of our society are really falling apart and really sad and so dysfunctional, like for me, it's, it's sad. And it's, I don't even know what to do with it. I don't even know how to create change other than to express the sadness and so that is also like such a huge part of it especially today and have grace too right with yourself with what you're feeling because I think sometimes I don't know at times I'm like damn I screamed at the top of my lungs like why did I do that right it's like have having grace with yourself with the way that it's choosing to be expressed because like that energetically charged expression is there for a reason obviously not like hitting people and going like completely ballistic right but having the the grace to be like okay like I'm stepping into this space and this is what I'm feeling and this is what desires to come out of me regardless of like the spectrum or the polarities of the expression right like if you're really happy no one's going to say shit to you but like if you if you're like you know, screaming, upset or whatever, people don't understand the reason as to why are you so upset? Like what's going on? And like, as far as like the shadow work is circling back to like the main, you know, topic of the conversation. It's like, I think the deepest in this personal, you know, opinion, the deepest part, especially for women is the anger because of the societal projections of what women should be and how we are supposed to care and nurture for so many people but like sometimes it's too much like sometimes it builds that rage sometimes we're you know navigating arenas that are are too much on our nervous system but we have to keep quiet and we have to kind of keep it under wraps so I think expressing anger you know especially for me it was very easy to do as a teenager because I was I didn't give a shit. Like I was screaming. My mom's like, we need to take you to deliverance. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. Right. Like that type of rage. And of course they always like, oh, it's the devil, whatever. Right. But it's truly more of that because up until, you know, probably high school, I was like, okay, like, I don't, I don't really express that you're taught at a young age, not to fully express. So that's repressed. And then when you try and step into that, self-expression once again it it takes some time to getting used to like feel it and experience it a hundred percent I think yeah I completely agree and I had a similar experience where I had so much of that rage and frustration and a lot of it was I think for a lot of women is we're processing it for others around us you know I was processing it for the grief and sadness in my family you know what was sort of going on at home and so a lot of the feelings and emotions are ourselves, you know, are ours, but then they are the collective again. So when we're denying people the full spectrum of their feelings and emotions, we can be denying so much healing for one another. But I do feel like, you know, there is a way to be conscious about it. And I think that's the whole thing with rage and especially for the feminine is how can we bring consciousness to it where we're not just hurting people and we're not just dumping and we're not just, you know, name calling or resorting to violence or whatever the thing is. And we're really allowing ourselves to use our body and use our voice and use our heart and like bring that rage and anger through our heart so that it's able to actually be used for the greater good and not for harm. Mm -hmm. Cause I think for me, just last thing, I think for me, it's like when I experienced rage or anger from people, I thought that meant that I wasn't loved. And I was even working with that in the dark of like, when people are mad at me, I feel like they don't love me. Or when someone is angry with me, I feel like the love is gone. And I feel like I'm no longer worthy of love. And so how can we be mad at people and still have them know we love them and that we care for them and that it's all part of the process? 
Thank you for that. So my oldest is a Pisces um, and he feels the same way as you. He's like, why are you like, why are you so mad? I'm like, yeah. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. But I think you put into words what he's attempting to express. Like he just feels like I don't love him because of something. Yeah. When you're it's like, like a- when you're reading energy and the energy changes completely and you're, you're that reading a certain energy signature as love, and then it's gone. You're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? How can I ever get it back to the nice flowing energy that you have? But it's painful. You know, I was thinking a lot about that in the dark where I was kind of even thinking, do I even know what love feels like? You know, because I'm experiencing love as something that leaves when the emotional frequency changes, is that really love in the first place? And so, um, but I think for a lot of people that are more sensitive, like a Pisces, you do feel the experience of rage and anger as someone not loving you. Yeah. Lindsay, you have your, your shadow experience (laughs) to share. I'm sure many. (laughs) I think you're muted. (laughs) So sorry. Um, yeah, you know, during the time that um, I was single for that period of time, it was like six, seven years. Um, I really had to come to terms with what I had been settling for and why I had been settling for it. Um, you know, there was never a relationship that was forced upon me. Like I chose every interaction, relationship, situationship that I was in. And so I had to get very honest with myself about what that was about and why I kept choosing people who just really had no respect for me, didn't want to make time to deepen a relationship. Um, And there was just, yeah, there was like levels of disrespect that uh, were kind of sneaky. And I made excuses for it. And so I took a break from dating altogether and really started to, you know, even if it's it's a little cheesy to say, but like date myself and really start to honor and love the parts of me that I felt like I was hiding in order to be chosen. And you know, as I got to know her, like all aspects, like even the parts that I was like, Ooh, I don't want to show anyone that, you know, I be, I felt like I was becoming more whole and in becoming more whole, my, my ability to sense when someone really, really saw me got stronger and stronger. And it was just such a good feeling. It was a feeling of, I have my own back and like, no matter what I got me. So even if I'm not going to be chosen by anyone, which I got to those points of like, well, if I'm single forever, like, you know, it's not like the worst thing. Like I kind (laughs) of got to the point of accepting. Um, I didn't truly believe that I would be single forever, but I did get to the point where I was like, yeah, I think, you know, I would be, I would be okay. Um, and that was really, that was the tipping point, you know, when I got to that self acceptance, cause I, you know, I don't know if I really like absolutely love every part of myself, but I have just this like deep respect for all parts of me because I know that they were created out of you know, out of fear, out of a need to be loved, to survive, to, you know, you name it from the time I was very young. And we all have these parts. So um, what was super healing for me now in relationship is then having these parts of me loved by another person. And that was like, whoa, I didn't think that was possible, truly. Like I thought I would kind of have to like hide some things and like, oh. And it's actually been such a cool process because like some of my like ugliest moments or I'll just call them ugly 
have been the catalyst for like some of our biggest growth as a couple. Um, and I'm just, I'm thankful because growing up, I didn't see that. I saw and still see just an intense criticism and an intense denial of parts of the other person um, in my own parents' relationship. So yeah, it's just, it's something that I'm healing, I feel, and, and really hmm, breaking like a generational pattern. So no small task, but I'm up for it. Yeah, we're, the, we're like the gatekeepers. I feel like a lot of people, especially like in my circle, we all are feeling a lot of like this ancestral like ability to cut the cords and it ends with us, you know? So it's just taking that on and, you know, taking our job and cutting all the cords and stepping forward and creating a different opportunity and experience energetically for our future. And I know that you have the sacredness of being single. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Yeah. So that was, that was born a few summers ago. Um, I just, yeah, I wrote it in a weekend and I knew that not only did I have a lot of friends who were in that single season, but I, um, I knew in the almost 30 community that there were a lot of women, um, at this point in their life. Um, and there were so many who would just ask for advice on how to get out of it. Like, how do I get out of the season? Like, it's just, how do I speed up time? How do I find the one? Um, and just, I felt there was a lot of shame, a lot of self-judgment, um, and a lot of self-sabotage. And so, yeah, this program is really, you know, a support system. Um, now it is uh, self-study coupled with a monthly um, sacredness circle with me and the other community members. And, you know, I really want to gently walk you through, you know, what I discovered during that time, which is, first of all, that, you know, we're kind of indoctrinated into these beliefs um, and societal expectations that like marriage is like the end goal. It's the prize or like being with someone is, is the goal. And this in between is really not revered and honored for being um, the incredible mm, like catalyst for growth that it is. Um, and so this program is not necessarily like single forever. Yay. Because some people get scared. They're like, oh, if I go no, to this program, does it mean I'm going to be single for a long time? And I'm like, no, um, actually it might accelerate, you know, the rate at which you're going to connect with uh, someone on a deeper level because you're willing to walk back to yourself and find your center and know that no matter what, whether you're in relationship or not, you're not going to abandon yourself again. And you're going to know those parts that you've kind of hid in the past. You're going to know, um, you're going to know what's yours and what's not. There are so many shoulds that are put on single people. Well, you should do this and you should do that. And you're going to know what's true for you. Um, so yeah, there's, it's, it's a super dynamic program. There's um, meditations and uh, video lessons and um, music and movement and a uh, beautiful Q&A library from many, many hours of Q&As with uh, people in the live program. Um, there's journal prompts, exercises, so much more. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. And I'm just glad now that um, people can access it at any point and we can connect on a monthly basis like the embodiment and I think that for many people going back to yourself is hard so many people are so concerned with connections with other people what's the next thing the next thing I'm going to do and they're like I can't go to the movies by myself I can't go to the restaurant by myself and I'm like that's where it starts like that's where you can see who you are in these types of situations. You can tap into what you're thinking about. You could tap into like what you're worried about because otherwise it's just a distraction pulling you away 
from who you are and you're projecting it onto somebody else to an extent. And yeah, I agree with you that there is a beautiful, beautiful part of being single if you do it in a way that's self-discovery and self-mastery instead of seeking the external validation that you really desire to feel within yourself, that internal self-validation and acceptance. It's like, we want to be accepted by everyone. It's like, do you accept yourself? Most people are like, I mean. <laughs> I know. It's like the greatest lesson in the relationship with yourself. And it really sets, sets a tone for every relationship that you have. I mean, I, my relationship with Krista is such a teacher, you know, and we've been in romantic relationship in other lifetimes. Uh, so we've you know, <laughs> done it all, but um, yeah, every relationship that you desire depth within like requires you to know thyself, not to know everything, but to really know thyself enough that you aren't going to abandon yourself in order to fill in the blank, make the relationship work for the other person to love you, you know, and it's been important that both Krista and I are really honest with each other about our individual, um, yeah, like growth points because they're different mm. and it, we're also a perfect match for those growth points. Um, and so to know, and this is a good, um, yeah, just something I've learned within any relationship is, is that when I'm brought a little bit under the hood of what um, my friend, my partner might be going through, it really helps me to get out of my head and into my heart and have a little bit more compassion for what they're feeling and what they're moving through. And also to resituate myself as not a, um, victim or maybe even causing this, but as like, wow, I, I can be here to support you through this. Um, cause I feel like we can get it easily into victim mentality of like, well, it's not my fault or whatever it is. So, um, that's been really important to just kind of update people that you're really close to on like, yeah, I'm kind of moving through this and I'm actually a little bit, I'm a little triggered by this and it just, it helps clear the air a little bit. Yeah. And I think with relationships, every relationship in some way, shape or another helps you see a part of yourself or open a door within yourself. Even if it's like a stranger, like sometimes I've had like random conversations with strangers at like a bar or whatever. And I'm just like, whoa, like, thank you for giving me that, that information. Thank you for this conversation. My nervous system is currently uploading everything that just happened. And it's like, wow, like I can see things from a different vantage point. And I think relationships, especially romantic ones are such an amazing catalyst for self-reflection because we're so intertwined and intermingled. Um, and like you said, if you're not solid, if you're not grounded in your beliefs, your, your values, like who you are, how you work, it can be very easy to get tangled up and, and carry on the partners or the other person's emotions or circumstances as your own. And it's, it's great to be able to be so grounded within yourself that you can feel like, oh, uh, that's not me. That, that might be something that you're working through. And that's, mm -hmm. That's the healing part with partnerships is being able to be so grounded that you can see one another from a different vantage point and perspective that also in turn is like being a mirror for you, which is really powerful. Yeah, it's huge. You have to be ready to accept it. You know, I think so many people grew up with understandings of relationships with family or romantic or friends where, you know, oh, they're being you know, this way, they're this way. Like it's always the other person and not everyone, you know, I think our generation is now learning that it's a reflection of us and that we're contributing to the relationship and that we are responsible for how we feel. We're responsible for communicating with people, but it wasn't very, you know, it wasn't until Lindsay that I probably was able to do that and see how she's a mirror for me or see how I can be in just a more healthy, conscious relationship that is based on love and communication and respect. And 
Um, I think when we share more about what's going on in our internal world with the people that we love, it can be so helpful because we're like, okay, it's not me, especially for someone that's an empath. And I'm like a feeler. If someone's like, yeah, I'm just going through this thing. I'm like, phew. Okay. I felt the energy was a little some way. And I'm so grateful. It's not me. You know, I'm so grateful. It's not me. We can move on. We can sort of have that, um, conversation, but Um, I think as like a tactical tip for people, if they're desiring to have more of these types of relationships that require this type of intimacy and communication, um, Lindsay and I, in our process, we, um, usually process on our own and then we come together. So we'll process and processing for us really means just how can we take as much responsibility for how we're feeling as we can? And how can we really connect the dots for ourselves? Like, Ooh, this is really bringing up Um, that part of me that gets really anxious when, you know, you are, um, you know, not answering me in a certain amount of time, or, you know, you're not doing these things. It reminds me of my childhood, you know, when my mom wasn't really around and I'm noticing that trigger in me. So by processing and really figuring it out on your own, you can come together and be more constructive and be more kind and be more helpful in community. When you're having those conversations together, it doesn't mean that we've never not, you know, said something that might've bothered the other one, or, you know, it doesn't mean we have to show up perfect, but it is like the kindest way. I think we've found to make our triggers productive together. Um, and the processing can happen on our own or with a therapist. Yeah. I love, I I've of course listened to your podcast and you talk about therapy and I love that the two of you have like a therapist as like business partners. It's so beautiful because it's important because I mean, I think now our generation is is taking a different perspective on it, but even still, there's still a stigma. Like you have a therapist, like what's wrong with you? Right. Oh it's gosh. like, I mean, I'm, I'm like working through some stuff and I want, I want, you know, like neutral ground to discuss it with. So it's so powerful. And, um, you know, myself, like I have a coach and everything and having that dialogue and being able to have that open means of communication is just, it's everything. And it's everything, especially if your relationship means everything, you know, because that's the way people grow. We're not all perfect. No relationship is perfect. And giving yourself that opportunity to step into a container where you can work things out. That's where the healing comes in. It's like, okay, let's work, do the work. (laughs) Yeah. I think the therapist or a coach is really helpful because you're in your mind. This is what it was for me. I'm in my mind saying, this is a place where I'm open for feedback. And this is a place where I'm open for guidance. And this is a place where I'm open for, you know, this type of relationship of, and conversation and support. And this is a place where I'm paying this person to be there for me. So I expect them to be there for me where other friends, I might be like, you know, they are busy or I don't know if they can handle it or all of these things. Um, And I think when we go in with that mindset, then we can use it as an opportunity for us to learn about healthy relationships and learn about dialogue and learn about sharing our feelings or expressing. So the therapy doesn't have to be you having a problem. It could be you wanting to be able to communicate how you feel more, you wanting to be able to be in your body more, you wanting to be able to feel anger more, or, you know, even talk about your day. It just helps in so many different ways. And yeah, we have a coach that we work with and then our own personal therapists. And it's been incredibly helpful for both of us. Uh, Lindsay spearheaded that, but I'm really grateful that, you know, I now work in therapy for over two and a half years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's life-changing. I mean, I think, you know, there's a resistance around investing in yourself like that. Um, and you know, I really, want to change that conversation for women, like where, you know, we're spending, if we kind of look at what we're spending on, we're spending a shit ton on skincare, on all of these things to make us feel good, which I love. And then we're neglecting our minds and it's like, and our emotional bodies, it's like, wait a second, that affects everything. (laughs) You know, that could be, that could be bringing on more of the acne or whatever. It's like, (laughs) it's where we begin and everything else I feel um, doesn't necessarily fall into place, but then you can have an accurate read on everything else because that emotional body is, you know, affecting your physical body. It's affecting so many things. So yeah, it's our, it's our number one 
recommendation. If, you know, there's affordable ways to um, engage in therapy, you can do it once a month. You can do it once every two weeks. You can um, find different resources that are more affordable if that's, you know, if that's something that you're thinking about. It's like investing in a spiritual Louis Vuitton purse, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, here's your, here's your designer self. Like, let's work on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. I've never known anyone to regret it. Yeah. Same. 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 Yeah. It's been incredible for me as well, but it's, it's, a it's a process because you have to come to, it's like that alcoholic anonymous. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm stepping into this container and I'm honoring my feelings and honoring what's coming through by sharing my feelings. And it's, it can be uncomfortable when you're not accustomed to being okay with sharing, especially like, you know, my childhood, it was like, be quiet. Like you don't act like that. So there was so much that was, you know, barricaded within, but once you let it out, it's freedom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. I had a similar experience where I was I would always, I would never be the one to share. Like I'd always, it's weird because I talk on the podcast and I can share in certain capacities, but there's like an intimacy thing for me with sharing. You know, I, I have this wound around people not paying attention or caring or being interested in me sharing from the heart. And so I had to use therapy as a place where I could trust that someone was going to hold me and my emotions and my feelings and deeply listen to me and care about my experience. And so it's been so helpful for that. So for anyone, if they feel like, you know, I don't really have anything to talk about, you'd be surprised because even when I go to therapy and I'm on my way and I'm like, I don't really have anything today. It sometimes is the most profound sessions because your ego is not giving you an agenda of what to work on. Like, okay, we have this person who's a problem and we need to figure it out. You know, sometimes those are the best ones when you're really just like in the process of allowing and if people want to grow or change their lives or, you know, create a better future, what better way than by really looking at your thought patterns and how you're showing up in the world and how you're treating your relationships. Like not all people have a mirror in their relationships that provide them with the feedback for their mind or for how they approach life. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of touching on, you know, I know a topic you, you, um, share a lot about, it's like that friendship wound too, right? It's, it's women. We were back in the day, we would share, we would be in a tent together, bleeding. We would be sharing, we would be expressing ourselves. And it's kind of like warped over the course of the years. And even, even the dynamic with friendships, can be slightly jaded when you're not really feeling held. Like if you're going to the wrong person or quote unquote, the wrong person and sharing, you know, parts of your heart for free and you're not supported and you're not held in that container. And can you touch on that a little bit with regards to like the friendship wounds? Yeah. So the female friendship wound is huge. And it's something that, you know, Lindsay and I have had different experiences with, but when we think about, um, I think it's helpful for any of your audience to think back in their history, like, huh, do I really trust women? Do I have deep, meaningful friendships of with women who empower me and who support me and who love me through all seasons and who allow me to be who I am and encourage me to be who I am and love me even if I'm dating the person they don't like and love me when I'm choosing things that they wouldn't choose themselves. There's so many different dynamics that we can play Um, through our relationships with women that were from childhood. So oftentimes, you know, if you and your parents or your mother were enmeshed or you were codependent or you were in a certain type of situation, you can then overlay that onto your female friendships and then become codependent or enmeshed or become in these dynamics where you're trying essentially to heal in your life. Um, And for me, I found myself in these situations with women where yeah, there'd be women that would want to be very enmeshed with me because um, they would often be like a little bit narcissistic because I was the perfect person for that. You know, I was someone that would avoid deep intimacy and just sort of platform and promote all the friends that I was with by just listening to them, asking them questions, making all the situation be about them to avoid 
and essentially control the situation. So I would have these scenarios with women that would come up, you know, every few years or every so often. And it made me really think about, you know, what is the wounding that I have that I'm trying to heal through these really painful friendship breakups or these really painful relationships with women. And so, um, Lindsay and I have been really working on this just through our own relationship, you know, the beauty of our friendships and the depth, the depth of our friendship and the way that we've been able to show up with one another, because it's been such a huge wound for both of us. Um, we've had really heartbreaking and deep, um, deeply painful situations with women that can really hurt you for years to come. Um, so how can we look at those as healing opportunities? Yeah. And my experience has been more of like an avoidant, um, approach (laughs) where, you know, I had an experience when I was younger in middle school, like it's just a very weird, formative, uh, pubescent time when, um, yeah, I was bullied and, um, I just didn't understand why. And so I just had a lot of resentment towards women and also just a distrust in general that, um, you know, I wouldn't be, yeah, I just wouldn't be respected and held in relationships. So, um, rather than, yeah, I just would avoid, I would totally avoid. Um, so it was actually one of the challenges in, um, our relationship is me and Krista is, you know, that deep intimacy, um, and letting each other, me allowing her in, um, and I can do it to a certain point, but then there is this feeling I had that it felt like unsafe, like there would be too much exposure and then, you know, I would be abandoned and kind of left and not know what to do. And that's kind of what happened, you know, when I was younger um, in a different format, but yeah, it's been the most healing thing. Um, and also one of my, you know, growth points has been to be really clear about what I require in a friendship. And if that is not being met or satisfied, um, that it's okay to let friendships go. And this past year, the beginning of this past year, um, was kind of like the season of that for me. And I just, I felt, I felt like a bad person at first, you know, I quickly got over that because I knew that was like my old programming. Um, and on the other side of just letting some friendships go, I realized, um, I realized what those relationships were made of, you know, where there was certainly a purpose in them. And I was so thankful and appreciative for that purpose being fulfilled. And I was understanding more clearly that the glue that kept us together wasn't, wasn't like glue that I was proud of. And that meant a lot to me. Um, and so it was actually for for the best for like both parties. And, um, it felt, it felt as good as when I choose to like allow someone like Krista in more and more. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you would think ending a friendship is like, Oh God, felt so bad, but it was actually, it was in alignment that it, you know, needed to end. Yeah. I have similar experiences, but fortunately they, they kind of fizzle within time because, because there's like that feeling of like disconnect, I think both sides end up feeling it and it's, it's something you can't avoid. So it just slowly begins to, to dissipate. But yeah, there's a lot of friendships that, especially friendships from my younger years, that it's based upon like going out and like still doing that at like 36. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, like I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, thanks. I got two kids and it's, it's just not, there's no depth to the relationship. It's very superficial. And like, I'm at a stage in my life where it's like, I want depth. I want quality. I want to enrich you know, not only the conversation, but you and I want to be enriched as well. I want it to be a symbiotic relationship of helping one another and supporting one another, just like you would with, you know, a significant other. And I think a lot of, you know, relationships, especially with women have 
been, I mean, you know, not, I can't speak for everyone, but there is a superficial layer to it. You know, it's like, oh, she's pretty. Like I remember in high school too, my best, they're still my best friends. They're like some guy that they knew liked me in high school. And they're like, let's, who's this Shelly girl? And I'm just like, really guys? And that's how we're best friends. And it's, it starts like that, but it, it is the ability to recognize that what is actually bringing the two of you together or a group of people together, if it's not something valid, if it's not something that's going to help the foundation, it's going to bring growth and depth, then, you know, it's, it's not serving its purpose any longer and it's okay to let go and it's okay to, to not be friends or not engage as much and put as much of your energy and time into those relationships. And I think a lot of women feel bad because again, there's like that layer of the feminine. It's like, oh, I want to be nice and I don't want to be rude and I don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. But it's like, well, are you really touching into like your higher truth? Meaning, and I like your higher self, like is your higher self, like the, where you're going, can they come with you? Do they understand where you're going? Amen. Completely allowing yourself to evolve and being okay with it and not feeling guilt or shame that, um, you may lose people along the way, you know, in part of your journey. And that's a lot of the shadow work too. It's like during the shadow periods, sometimes you have to go in and do your own work. And, and when you come out differently, you might resonate differently with different people, whether it's romantic or whether it's, you know, friendship. Mm-hmm. And like, just a, one last thing before we, we close, like with regards to shadow work, and I know you be kind of went all over the place tonight, but it was great. Kind of all somehow connected, but, um, with the shadow work that you did in, in the darkness was, was it like a progression of like going through each emotion or was it like always circling back? Because I don't, I don't know if like shadow work has various different tentacles, but I feel like there's a hub, right? It's like, there's these different, like, extensions like you know energetic extensions but at the at the root of it it's like there's there's something so I just wanted to know Mm -hmm. what your experience or what yeah I think so basically being like you know I have a lot of expressions of this one core wound basically right right yeah so yes that was sort of and I have you know I think we have a few core wounds we sort of work with them but for me, a lot of it is essentially the mother wound. So how in my life do I have these various tentacles? And that could be, you know, my relationship with my body, which was really struggle for me most of my life, or that could be my relationship with intimacy, or that could be my relationship with, um, other women. And so mine always comes back to that core mother wound of feeling neglected, abandoned, being in these various situations growing up that were very traumatic. So yeah, it always, for me came back to the mother wound. So for anyone that is listening, that, um, wants to know what the mother wound is, uh, the mother wound is essentially, um, this experience of having the relationship with your mother be the definition of your life from a very young age. So you are, basically created in your mother's womb. Um, you are the DNA from her generation, from her mother's generation, you know, many generations. And your first experience of your mother is your first experience of life. It is feeding you life. It is supporting your life. It is everything. So when you have ruptures to that, it can feel incredibly traumatic and it can really change your perspective on all things. And that is what happened to me in my life through the various challenges that I had within my mom relationship. So I did a lot of work on the mother wound and how that shows up, you know, in the various ways in my life. Is there like a mother wound, something coming yeah. up? Yeah, Bethany, Web- Bethany Webster, <laughs> she's incredible. She has been on the pod a few times. So Bethany Webster, definitely listen to those episodes. And then she has a book called discover the inner mother. That's really incredible. I highly recommend checking into that mother wound work. Um, it is like some of the most, the most profound, especially for you being a mom, you know, we have mother wounds from our mothers, but we also, um, are children on our own, even when we have children. Absolutely. And it's so fascinating that so many women have the mother wound to some extent. Mm-hmm. We can all relate to a part of that. And gosh, like just imagine if all of us took the time to experience those feelings and go there and unpack all of that. Like it's, it's, it's something that I need to dive deeply into. My mother passed away last year mm. and 
it was it was challenging because our, our relationship was very tumultuous and I had to come to peace with it you know like I had to like be able to be like you know the relationship we had wasn't the relationship that I wanted but it was essentially the relationship I needed and I had to like find gratitude in what I experienced because it it brought me to a different place and an understanding of self but at the same time like there's definitely still layers of that for sure that I need to work through maybe yeah. I'll do that retreat yeah you should honestly even just start with the book or the episodes but um, especially when you have grief mixed in there or you lose nice. your mom, it can really change a lot. And I see oftentimes with the mother wound, when you're going through an experience of loss with the mother relationship, you can have, um, sort of this veil that sort of happens where you discredit your feelings and you sort of gloss over them and it distorts your reality in a really beautiful way. Cause oftentimes you find the gratitude in the silver lining of your relationship and you're able to see them in this different perspective, but it can also sort of mask the pain, um, that you felt a lot in your life that maybe you haven't felt yet, which is still valid. Even if your mother has, you know, transitioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you ladies. So, so very much. It was lovely. I felt like we were like at lunch or something. I liked it. (laughs) My dream. Yeah. This was so, so lovely. It was so much fun to connect with you. And I'm excited when you come to LA, let me know so we can go to the class together. I'm excited to connect with your community. I mean, if they love you, hopefully they'll love all the things that almost 30 does to support people in their evolution. Yeah. And give us a little bit of information on what you have coming up or what you have going on. Yeah. So, um, almost 30 is a podcast to support people in their conscious evolution. It was something that Lindsay and I started in our Saturn return period when we felt super lost and we wanted to connect more deeply with ourselves and with each other. Um, and we have the podcast that comes out twice a week. We have morning microdose, which is kind of like a TikTok version of the podcast where you have these short bite-sized um, parts of the pod that are like seven yes, to 10 way. minutes. It's the best. I love morning mm-hmm. like this. Um, and then we have our courses and programs. So we have the life edit, which is my signature program. We have Lindsay's signature program, sacredness of being single. Everyone can just go to almost 30.com, um, and dig into it. Uh, awesome. Ah, oh, such a blessing. Thank you. Thank you I so, appreciate you. So I value you and your podcast. So, so very much. It definitely came into my life when I needed it the most. It was like right at the end of like I was divorcing my my first husband and like Saturn return like 20, I think it was like 20, actually probably closer to 29, 30. And I was just like, God, and hitting, fingering my phone. I came across your podcast and I was like, whoa, I needed this. Your words oftentimes hit home every single time. So I appreciate you so, so very much. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate what you do. And I'm so grateful that we were able to do this little bit. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you. Sending you so much love. and So much love. Yeah. Shelly. Keep us posted on your son too. I want to hear yeah. about that rage. Oh, yeah. I want to hear yeah. about the rage journey. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a tab that's open for me. So make sure you let me know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, beauties. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. See ya. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast with the Almost 30 Girls, please make sure that you like, share, rate, and subscribe. And make sure to tag me at Shelly Sonier. And Gia's, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much for supporting this community and being a part of it. And if you're looking to up-level in your life and in 2023, make sure you check out my 30-Day Radiance Reset The information is in the show notes. I would love to have you. It's $150, but it includes three products and a gift. So so your investment literally goes back to you. We have about 10 girls already enrolled, and I would love for you to just check it out, see if it vibes with you, and listen to your intuition. If you feel the call is like full body, fuck yes, I want this, I want to try this, I want to do this, I want to shift, I want to change, I want to try something new in 2023, I highly suggest you join us. A lot of programs out there focus on just the body, focus on just the mind, or focus on the spirit, and this 30 days is really um, taking a part of, of my heart, and I've put my soul into this because I want to offer up true change. I want to offer up true shifts 
And when we begin to incorporate the mind, the body, and the spirit as a whole, because we are who we are because of all three of those components, then we really begin to create the grounds and the foundation to real growth, to real inspiration, to real expansion. And that is what I want you to dive into come 2023. If you're interested, check it out. I also offer up one-on-one coaching. If you're interested in that, it's also in the show notes. Thanks so much again. Love you lots. Besos and blessings.